if I haven't met you yet. Um, I'm a sophomore in industrial engineering. That's pretty much it. Okay, so um, as we started the First Corinthians series, and then I also started um, taking Rob's um, basic worldview class, um, I really wanted God to show me some purpose in um, not only my studies, but like why I'm here at K-State and why I'm in industrial engineering. So like something tangible that I could take back to the real world, and um, boy, did he do it. Um, so in the worldview class, um, we talked about creation and how God created male and female for specific pur purposes. And so like Adam had traits that Eve didn't have and vice versa. And so he um, created them to make or work with each other and do God's work as a team so that they could rule and subdue the earth and then use their God-given abilities to creatively bring God's blessing into every part of the world. Um, and then one of the themes in 1 Corinthians has been how to, like, appropriately worship and serve God as men and women. And so, as most of us know, um, there's been kind of, like, this push um, in our culture to advocate for women's rights. And um, so, in engineering, I'm the president of Society of Women Engineers. And so, I get to work and promote women and their achievement and advancement in the College of Engineering. And so, engineering, as most people know, is a career path that's very male-dominant. And so um, one of the videos in the um, basics worldview class pointed out how in society, um, in order for women to like succeed in STEM or in business, like in a man's world, um, we kind of have been told that we have to fit ourselves into the role of a man. And we're kind of sent the message that um, if we're to make it in this world, we have to minimize our feminine cultures and kind of like maximize our or take on um, male quantities or characteristics so that we can like kind of succeed or like swim with the big sharks and stuff like that. And so this was like really eye-opening for me because I realized like I had that mindset myself. I was like kind of telling myself like, oh, like I can make it in a man's world, but like I just have to kind of like shed some of like what I bring to the table as a woman so I can fit in and like compete with them. Um, and so, um, crazy enough, I was given the opportunity to kind of like apply this new perspective and it really changed my mindset. Um, so a couple weeks ago when I visited the engineering career fair, um, I was offered an interview um, with a company that they actually do manufacturing for the big utility trucks that electricians use like on the telephone wires and stuff. I didn't have any idea what they were before I walked up to the table, I just did it. And um, so, like, the night before the interview, they invited us to a dinner. And so it was, like, a social to, like, get to know some of their employees and kind of, like, develop more of a social relationship and have it be more casual. And so, like, I walk into Kites, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm the only female here. There's all these dudes. There's sports on. I don't sports. <laughs> and, like, so I'm like, oh, my gosh, do I talk about the weather? Like, how do I connect with these people? And so I don't, yeah, there's maybe, the, there was like the dog show going on. I was like, that's really, that's cool. <laughs> but <laughs> anyways, so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to kind of be myself. And so I just like asked these people like what their families were like. What did they like about working there? And just a lot of the guys actually opened up when I asked them like what their wives did or how old their kids were and stuff like that. And they really like like that connection versus hearing from some former football player in high school what they're they're still hung on to their high school football achievements and stuff like that 
So it was really great. Um, anyways, so then I felt like more confident going into the interview that I'd connected in with them that way. And so, but I still kind of had this like um, feeling like I was behind in it. And so like I decided to bring my full self into the interview. And um, so I kind of like took a leap of faith when I, when I asked them a question and I was like, so if I were to work at your company, would I be a female like kind of forced into a man's role or will I be accepted as what I bring to the table as a woman at your company to like work alongside as a team with them? And he was kind of like, oh my gosh, you really just asked that. <laughs> and he like assured me that there are a lot of women at their company and that I'd be able to work with them pretty well. And I was like, okay, that's good, that's good. I'll work for you, I guess. And so, um, so yeah, I still haven't heard back yet from them. I got it yet, so we'll see if that helped me or not. But overall, I'm just really thankful for this opportunity that I got to like bring my faith into that interview and stuff like that and be able to permeate engineering culture with the gospel in that sense. So. Man, this is so encouraging. I, uh, you know, thanks for the shameless plug for basics. It's awesome. Uh, just all the, everything that God has been doing through that and, um, you know, just kind of following in even your sister's footsteps too and kind of leading the Society for Women Engineers. I think that's really amazing. So uh, next up, we actually have uh, Linda and Dominica. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited to hear about this story. Yeah, you can give them a hand. I'm excited to hear this story. Yeah. I am too. Uh, hi, guys. Uh, we need another mic. Sorry. Oh, my name is Linda, for those who don't know me. I'm a student at K-State, a sophomore, and I'm major majoring in food science and industry and a minor in ag business. Hi, my name is Dominica, and I'm a master's student doing master's in business and Yeah. Okay, so uh, we're just going to talk a little bit about forgiveness and how going through... Um, uh, Corinthians and just talking about love, talking about we over me helped us overcome some uh, of our issues. Okay, so uh, last year in December, Linda and I had an issue. So that one shook us apart a little bit, and then because of that, I didn't want to bring a lot of misunderstanding. So I went, I was, I was avoiding her. So I didn't want it to come to church. I didn't want to uh, join a group discussion or anything like a Bible study. But then. So uh, I just didn't want to deal with the whole situation anymore. I just had no intention to meet her 101. Like, it was really bad. So I, it was kind of, I was denying uh, bitterness, but I was just acting as if, you know, I just forgave, uh, I'm forgiven and stuff. And so um, I, one day I just, okay, invite her to Cal group, but it was just, you know, making up things, okay, at least I tried to invite her, I'm done, you know, I did my job, <laughs> but then uh, after break, winter break, uh, I came here again, Bloomont Church, and we had a series about Corinthians, love and church as a whole, choosing to, like, uh, love even if we don't want to love, and so I was like, okay, I went back home, just praying about it, praying through it, and how to live that life better. Who am I going to love? And so her name came to my mind. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I was asked to text her and just ask her how she was doing. So I just 
texted her <laughs> and then okay so um i think we had uh, like a, a silly question one day class so i went to read a post on my phone i wasn't planning to share a post i was just sharing my thoughts i was saying about this issue because it was really like just confusing and then i i asked god like if if you like my friend then you have to bring her to me i'm not gonna put any pressures or anything until one day uh, she just sent me the message which was like hey bring her to me So the meeting was set, <laughs> but I really had no idea of what I'm going to tell her. Are we going to talk about the issue? Am I going to, as if nothing has ever happened, am I going to yell? <laughs> and so uh, I just said, okay, if, uh, okay, you told me to text her, I'm going to text her. We, we have a meeting. Okay, I'm just going to, something ju just going to come up. So we met in Sparrow, and it was crazy. So she came in, and it was like we've never been apart. It was as if we never had a problem. So we just sat down as two rational Christians. And so <laughs> no yelling, no cursing, nothing. And so we just, uh, for the first time, I just saw things on her perspective and like understand why she reacted the way she was reacting. And I just apologized. We just, you know, went through stuff and even more, sharing more about our faith and just a lot happened that day. Yeah. Okay, so from this one, we just learned that uh, forgiveness is a big one. And one thing that it just sometimes only God that can do carrying and anger into a truthful and forgiveness love. Yeah, so it's all about choosing we over me because it's so important as Christians, as individuals, as the church to have that cohesive, cohesiveness and uh, learn how to forgive and love even if we don't want to. Yeah, so. That's so good. Thank you guys so much for sharing. It's like, it's amazing when God is kind of working in his people and just kind of drawing things up like, hey, I think you should go talk to that person. And you're just like, Ugh, like, no thanks, I, I don't know. And usually when I feel that way, it means I need to go talk to that person. So, you know, that's so cool and encouraging that, you know, God's working and uh, really just gave you guys the mentality of just a, a we over me mentality. So that's really exciting. Next up we have Joel Saltz. Yeah. So uh, you go, man. So I'm Joel um, Saltz. My wife, Mindy, is right there. We've been coming for a couple months now um, with our kids. Our kids are all sick today, so um, they are not here. Um, so Jonathan asked me to um, get up here and speak about something I shared a couple months ago with him when we went out for coffee. Um, and I have a question for you. Um, and I don't want you to raise your hand. Just in your heart, um, have you ever felt bitterness or anger towards a fellow believer? Um, yeah, um, it's amazing, um, uh, how that root of bitterness, um, I've heard many messages on it and it just grows like a weed and you know, weeds, um, if you don't root them out, they just keep growing and they get bigger and bigger. And, um, I was kind of sharing with Jonathan that one of the patterns, wow, is that better? 
Is that better? One of the patterns I really don't. Good? Okay. One of the patterns in my life, um, ever since I've become a believer, is when somebody wrongs me, um, I cut them off. I just, I don't want to deal with it. I'm just like, there's more relationships out there. There's more people out there. And the reality is, when you're in relationships with people, they're going to offend you. They're going to wrong you, even believers. And um, so uh, I had an instance, this was probably... Um, a couple months ago, and um, I'm a contractor in town, and um, I had a client who was a fellow believer, and they owed me a sizable amount of money, um, and through a course of a meeting, um, not to say that I was um, not at fault, I was at fault, I had done some things wrong, miscommunication, um, but there were some uh, extremely hurtful things said in the meeting towards me, some things that were untrue, and so I just... um, I felt that just root of bitterness and anger just immediately start to grow. And over the course of probably the next two or three weeks, it just consumed me. I mean, I don't know if you've ever felt that when you've been angry and bitter towards somebody, but it just, it just consumes your whole person. And um, just really ineffective, really just, um, yeah, just evil. And um, so about the same day that I was feeling this, um, this tug to just let it go, and to just leave it at the, at the feet of God. My wife texted me, and uh, she reminded me um, that you are a lot farther along in your journey than this person is. And what is the mature, right thing to do in this instance? And for the first time in my life, I, I, it was literally like an overnight thing. I don't know if anybody has ever experienced this, but I had never experienced this before in my life, where I literally just I laid it down, and I said, God, whatever you want to do here, um, Ever how much money they want to pay me, I'm just going to say, here's the, you know what the bill is. Um, I'm just going to lay it down, and whatever I get, I get, and that's going to be from the hand of God. And the minute I decided to do that, um, it was amazing, this weight um, that just came off of me. Um, And I forgave the person. um, I let it go. I let God deal with it, and I ended up getting more than I probably would have if I would have tried to fight it with them. Um, what do you say? Um, and so, um, all that to say, I, I probably for the, one of the first times in my life, I chose the relationship and I chose, um, Christ over allowing that bitterness and that anger to grow. And, um, you know, ultimately they're going to have to deal with whatever it is they, they, they do with God, but I let it go and, um, it's, it's really freeing. So that whole we over me. Um, really choosing um, the body and relationships over my needs and my desires is really hard. So um, that was very timely, his message, because I had just literally gone through all of that in my own walk. So there we go. I think it's amazing how uh, just choosing to forgive somebody is just such a, like you said, like a freedom you know, like, when we choose not to forgive, it's like self-imprisonment, you know, and it does more harm even to us than we think it's even doing to the other person. Like, man, they deserve, you know, like, what they get. It's like, no, like, 
I'm doing it to myself. Like, I'm imprisoning myself by not choosing to release them from their guilt. And so um, I think it's just, like, such a powerful act that uh, God just, you know, gives to us to forgive one another just as he's forgiven us. So thanks so much, Joel. That was a great testimony. Um, next up, we have Abdulia. Come on down. All right. Good morning, everyone. Um, so my name is Abdulia, if I haven't met you. And I'm going to share a testimony that it's related to prophecy. So in 1 Corinthians 14.3, it says, But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. So in 1 Corinthians, um, it, tell, it encourages to seek for uh, spiritual gifts, specifically uh, the gift of prophecy. So for this is to use God's words so we can encourage other people around ours, both believers and unbelievers. A similar gift to prophecy is word of knowledge, and it's just where God reveals something to you of another person that only God and that person know is happening. And prophecy is too close to my heart. It was the first, how God got my attention for the first time when a person who didn't even know me just started prophesying and talking about things that only God and I knew. Um, so as some of you might know, I am working on my PhD in chemistry, and I am trying to finish up this my, my last semester. And I recently got carried away by the feeling of running out of time. Uh, so for my project, I'm trying to develop uh, a new technique to treat cancer and by targeting specific cancer cells. So with this, last year, it was really hard, just nothing working, nothing going through. And one day I was just praying and I asked God, I cried to God for help uh, while, when I was about to start an experiment. Well, I'm shaking. <laughs> um, so uh, just to say, to mention that the major or the highlight of my PhD, the uh, breakthrough is going to be a mistake. So this mistake took place because a lab mate mislabeled a chemical that I needed to use. And through this mistake, I developed a peptide that goes directly into the nucleus of the cell. So that is something really challenging, not really exists, it doesn't really exist, and God used me to do this. So this is un something awesome that we're trying to develop and to use to kill cancer cells from the inside out. Um. Yes, so we have all these chemicals that we have to prepare before we use them. And one of my lab mates uh, mislabeled the abbreviation of one, so these are amino acids. So we use a one-letter code to differentiate them. And one of them was mislabeled for the one that I thought I needed for my design. Uh, so I didn't realize that I used the wrong one until the end. So this is like two or three weeks worth of uh, time and when I realized that it was a mistake, that it was the wrong one. So I was ready to just throw it away and start again, and my mentor told me just to see. 
see what happened. And we developed this, um, something that it's not seen. Um, and my, my mentor and I are working on the patent and all of that so we can move forward for this. Um, okay, so uh, this semester, after marriage and everything, it's been crazy. Um, <laughs> um, so with this feeling of like this is my last semester, I really want to be done with school. Um, I've been like I have ideas like to do ex to do ne the next steps, next experiments, and I just shut them down. And I'm like, no, like time is over me. I just need to finish what I need to graduate and be done with this. Um, Without knowing anything, uh, Rhonda, uh, who is the first lady that led me to Christ, sent me a text, and she was like, have you, have you been feeling under pressure, like minoring your research work just to get things done so you can graduate? Uh, the day before this, I had asked my mentor if I could use a different plate for an experiment other than the one that was uh, in the protocol, just because I know that we didn't have it, and I know that if I order it, it was gonna get me even more delayed. Of course, my mentor told me no, and that I had to wait. <laughs> uh, so with Rhonda's text, this came to my mind. And I was like, no, I'm good. There's nothing there. And I even asked her, I was like, I'm not sure what you meant by minoring my research work. Um, reading the first line of her response to my text, it brought me to tears. It said, like doing a mediocre job just to finish. God was really getting my attention here. Uh, he reminded me of the ideas that earlier this semester I just shut down. Uh, he reminded me of this plate incident that I was willing to do something not appropriate in the world of science just to get to the finish line. And that's when it hit me. Uh, people around uh, in the chemistry building, they know that I'm a believer. They know that I love God. And God chose me to represent him in science, to represent him in this building. And it truly, he brought me to tears when it hit me that how well I do my job is representing him to my colleagues. I serve a God who excels in everything he does. He doesn't do a mediocre job like I was doing. And all I need is to be obedient and to hear his voice. Uh, he will show his strength and power to others through the work that I allow him to do in and through me. Plus, I'm not alone in this. I'm part of a body of Christ, and I know that he will continue using uh, people around me to encourage me throughout the time. So the two important things that I hope you get from this is that the first one is spiritual gifts, um, like prophecy and word of knowledge. They are to encourage the body of Christ, to encourage and build up the, the, the church. Uh, when you receive a prophetic gift, or when you receive a prophetic word, uh, make sure that you pray about it and take it to God, and he's going to walk you through the steps that are needed. And on the other side, if you receive a word for someone else, Pray about it, and don't be scared to share it. Let God uh, awe you by your obedience. It's going to be amazing. 
And if you don't do it right the first time, we're humans. It's okay, but just keep trying. The second thing is do not take shortcuts. It's so easy for us to just want to get to the finish line and forget about the process or the path. But always trust God and let him guide you. His ways are better. And always remember that it's our job to represent Christ the best that we can, both in our actions and our work. Thank you. I mean, is anyone else just amazed that a mistake might lead to a cancer breakthrough? Like, oh my gosh. When you told that, I'm like, that is amazing. So, Abdulia is going to be world famous in 10 years, so you should be friends with her. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to go ahead now and take a quick five-minute break. Uh, we're going to come back, sing a few more songs, listen to a few more testimonies. Uh, but in the meantime, you can go ahead and grab some coffee and water, uh, meet a friend, use the restrooms, and then we'll be back here in five minutes. Awesome. We got Dylan coming up. I'm excited. Uh, Every time Dylan talks, I get excited, so man, come on. My name is Dylan. If I haven't met you yet, I'm pretty well spent here. Um, one of the passages that really resonated for me in 1 Corinthians was 6, nine, verses 9 through 11, and I'm going to share that with you first. It says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. <laughs> Three years ago, I turned from my old life and put my trust in Jesus as my forgiver and leader. The day I was saved, I renounced my former life and the baggage attached to it. Uniting myself with Christ allowed me to sever ties to the occult and practice of witchcraft, similar to the idolatry that the Corinthian believers were surrounded by and had come out of it. Following Jesus also has brought me out from my former life as part of the LGBT community. Since then, it has been a steady stream of healing. Uh, it's more like a roller coaster. <laughs> if we're being real. Uh, a steady stream of healing as I have surrendered myself and let God lead me in this new life. But there were still things that I was experiencing and dealing with that fed continuous doubt into me that I was truly ever worthy of healing and freedom. God knew exactly what was needed to defeat that lie completely, and I had no idea it was coming. <laughs> Literally no idea. Uh, I attended a Living Waters leadership training in California at the beginning of February. This is a powerful ministry that helps people come from relational and sexual brokenness into the healing and transformation that God intends for them. And it's a ministry working on bringing here, so <laughs> get ready. <laughs> Through this session on the topic of disintegration, God revealed how my mind was negatively affected when my brother passed away when I was younger. I understood how this led to a lifestyle of prostituting my mind, my body, and my spirit, opening myself up to evil both physically and spiritually. This also led to the root of the depression that I have struggled with majority of my life God's grace in God's grace he led me deeper into his presence and helped me look to him for healing 
in the specific places where I was originally wounded. With the revelation, come on. With the revelation he provided by taking me back to where it all shifted, he has provided me with a greater level of freedom and a deeper affection for him. I now understand my own story so much better and fully believe that my wounds do not define me or define my worthiness of salvation. He has provided me new tools and put language to the things I was experiencing that now allow me to stand in his truth and to keep pressing deeper into maintaining what he did for me at that training. I'm still in the process of transformation, or as the verse I read calls it, sanctification. He has already done so much in my life and in this past month that uh, that healing has accelerated and the growth process greatly. I am thankful that he has given me a greater understanding of the identity I have as his son and my place in his family and teaching me how to help others find forgiveness, healing, and transformation too. Thank you. Come on, man. I'm excited for that living water stuff to come and, and just be a part of, yeah, excited and also slightly scared for <laughs> what's, what it means for me. Um, so next we have uh, Jehu. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to, to hear what he's got to say to us. Hello. Um, so I'm a student here at K-State. Um, I want to share today um, about... Um, what this theory has been doing in my heart. So I've had a tendency to get frustrated when people hurt my feeling and you know don't apologize. And most of the time it's because of myself, it's because of my pride. And um, people don't even realize it. And um, you know, and I'm the one getting angry and you know, stay over it. So um, I have learned through this theory that um, the approach that we have when we have an attitude of love, it helps us overcome and, you know, not even keeping score of a lot of things. We don't even, you know, see them anymore because um, we approach people with love. So, for example, if you have a family member that you really, you know, love, if you have a daughter or a son or a sister, for, m for in my example, like, I really like, I really love my sisters. I want the best for them. So when my sister do something wrong, I really forgive quickly and I, um, I address the problem not to hurt them, but really because I love them. And um, in this series, I think God brought me to think about fellow believers as, you know, real family members. And when you do that, um, you are able to um, forgive easily. And um, that's what I've learned from this series. And... I think that love is that powerful. It's a process. Um, most of the things in the Christian life are not overnight. They, they take years. They take a um, long time. So let's just trust God with that. Thanks so much, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, next up, we have uh, Damaris. I don't know if Fernando's here today. Nope, just Damaris. So I'm Damaris, and I'm from Brazil. I'm a PhD student in agronomy, and my husband is also an agronomist, and he finished his PhD 
uh, two years ago um, here. So uh, we came uh, maybe three to four years ago to Manhattan and we love the city and we feel very loved by this church and this community. And um, we have a big uh, Brazilian community here in Manhattan and we really um, are engaged with them and um, people like us and look up to us. And we were, we were, we, and when, when we were in Brazil, we always were part of a small group and we know how much that changed us and that helped us um, in so many parts of our, of, of our life. So um, we were seeing that we had Brazilian friends that weren't coming to church anymore or that uh, had never been to church or just for Easter and Christmas. And um, so we decided that maybe we could use um, our life and our influence and other people's life um, to bring them closer to God. So we started this group and it has been so, so important for us and um, for everybody that's, that's um, going to the small group with us. And we have, we have people that I would never believe would be in a small group from a church. And um, there's so many things happening. And we have, it's a small, small group with um, eight people. And, but very diverse in their beliefs. And it has been uh, so um, so good that everybody feels free to open up and to just to say to to tell to tell us the most their most to share with us their most deep wounds and um, there's crying there's laughing and um, it's a real circle of trust and uh, because it's a small small group we have we have this. Um, we always say that it w we can share anything that um, is going on in our life, and uh, that has been very, very helpful to all of us. And when we decided to have this small group, um, it was thinking about uh, caring for others, because we do take a day of our, or an evening of our week and spend with these people. But the thing is that it's so good for us. And it's a time of the week that I uh, that on Monday I'm excited for it to come, for, for Thursday to come quickly so I can be part of the group. And when we, when we allow ourselves to um, take care of other people, uh, God takes care of us in a special way, and this, and so this week, um, we were, we were gifted with um, Abdulia's prophecy, prophecy gifts. So, and that we and we had never experienced that. So, when we take care of other people, God that already takes care of us, takes care of us in an even more special way.
Thanks, Damaris. That's, uh, I think it was really cool just, you know, knowing and seeing, like, a need that, that she can bring, her and Fernando can bring to this community and saying, hey, like, let's just run with it. And it's, like, it's so encouraging just to know that, man, that's, that small group is really, like, making strides. And like you said, connecting with people who may never walk into a church on a Sunday morning. So I think that's really cool and really powerful. But we have one more testimony, uh, and uh, I'm excited to hear from Bree. Yeah, so come on up. Hey, friends. Um, I'm Bree. For those of you that don't know me, I'm a junior here at K-State studying pre-vet. Um, a few weeks ago, I went home, back home to Colorado. It was kind of like on a whim. Like, I just felt like I just wanted, like, really need to go home. Um, and I remember I attended, I went to church back home. And out of all things, like, I missed one of our Corinthian, like, messages. But out of all things, Pastor Daniel at my church back home talked about Corinthians. And it was, he talked back on unity, and he took just a different way, like, a way, like, he talked about unity in a different way. He talked about, you know, in Corinthians, the story, but he also talked about, like, how in us, like, we don't, like, finding unity in your community, and how some people don't, like, they just want to hold things to themselves, and they don't want to share it with their community, and they just want to, like, try and deal things with themselves, like, not even with God. And I was like, it kind of hit home, like, the first thing, like, even in the worship songs, I was like, dang, like, I'm going to feel something. And so he just talked about how, like, when you hold it in and you hold it back from God in your community, how you're just going to struggle with it. Like, you're going to put your walls up, and you're not going to find any breakthrough through that. And so it was towards the end of service, and he was just like, are you holding back from your community? And, like, you know, my community wasn't with them. Like, my community's back here at Bluemont. And I just got a vision from God, and he just showed me that I was just, like, in his arms crying. And I wanted, like, to feel comfort, but in times when he was trying to comfort me and, like, trying to give me community to comfort me, I, like, guarded up. I had my walls up high, and I was locking myself in, but I wanted people to help me. Like, I was like, no, like, why aren't people helping me? But I wasn't letting them. And he showed me this, and I was like, wow. And then on my eight-hour drive home, I just continued just to worship and talk to God, which, and I was just like, God, what are you trying to tell me here? Like, what do I need from you? And it was just, I just really needed to open my heart, and I, like, kept telling myself, I was like, my heart's open, like, I'm ready, I'm listening, but I wasn't, like, my walls were up, so on my drive home, like, I just let my walls fall, and I was like, God, what do you need to tell me, and he was like, you are in a season of healing, something happened, and you need, like, you aren't healing from that, you aren't letting yourself heal, you're not letting the people around you help you, and so I was like, wow, like, okay, and so just, like, right after that, I just realized that I was becoming, it was just, like, after December, I was becoming someone who I wasn't, like, from December until then, like, I wasn't who I was. Like, that was not the Brie that you guys have come to know and love. And I realized that. And I was like, wow, like, I need to heal from this. And so I asked him, like, what steps I needed to take in order to heal. And since then, like, it just feels like a big, like, weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Like, and I, like, I'm open to healing. Like, I've started healing through this. And I've been more open in my community. And it's just really been helpful. Yeah. Thanks so much, Bree. It's amazing that uh, a lot of times we kind of overlook the whole word unity as being part of community, right? And there's a reason why those two words are connected. Uh, but, on, you know, uh, that was my terrible rim shot right there. Um, yeah, it's amazing when you, when you open yourself up to uh, feedback and receiving from people and kind of, uh, it's kind of scary when you, you know, reveal yourself, you know, and it's it's hard and it's, it's scary, and 
God is like, man, like just just reveal who you are to people, and and because through them, God speaks, and He can do some amazing things. And so, uh, yeah, that's honestly that's one of the things that I'm kind of getting from all of our time today. It's just like when we're in the community of people, when we're together, God does amazing things, and He wants to continue to do amazing things through us. So, uh, what we're gonna do? We're gonna sing one last song. And then uh, we're going to go on our way uh, on our blistery Sunday. And, uh, yeah, so this is also one of my favorite songs, too. So. <laughs>